Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. Well, today I want to speak to you in short. Uh, I want to title the message, Becoming Desperate for the Presence of God. Becoming Desperate for the Presence of God. Tell someone, Becoming Desperate for the Presence of God. Psalm 51, verses 11, a, a psalm that, that is a psalm of David, just that one verse says, cast me not away from your presence and take not thine Holy Spirit away from me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not thine Holy Spirit away from me. Dear brothers and sisters, we are introduced to a man by the name of David. He is not just David anymore. He's not the shepherd boy anymore. He has ascended to the highest position, the top job in Israel. He is now the chief in charge. He's sitting and he's on his throne. He is the one that is now giving guidance to the nation. He has been promoted through the gift and the love of God. He's become Israel's number one, David. No more David, but King David. But here we see that he does not only lament. This is not just a psalm that is lamenting. But he is, he is crying. David has tripped and he has fallen. He has disappointed the God that placed him as the number one. He has, on, a, on his off day, sat and watched from his palace and allowed his eyes to see what he was not supposed to see and he desired what he saw. He took another man's wife, impregnated her, and he arranged that the man gets killed. And the plan and the plot that he arranged was executed. And then the prophet Nathan comes and begins to open up what David has done. Now David, like, like many of us, we would, we, would want our, we would want our prestige and we would want our, our titles. David now comes before God and he is a man of remorse. He's, he's fearful because he goes down memory lane and he realizes when he was out in the field and a bear and a lion came to take his little sheep, he received supernatural power to 
tear open the mouth of the lion and the bear and to take out his little sheep. He only knew that that was made possible because of the God of the Israelites. The God that gave him supernatural power. This David now faces a very challenging time in his career because he realizes it's the presence of God that promoted him. He realized that when he had to face Israel's most feared, feared enemy, which was Goliath, he comes on the scene and he knew for himself that he would not do it with his own strength. It was the God of the Israelites that gave him supernatural power, that he overcame Goliath, that the lady started singing, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his tens of thousands. So David goes down memory lane and realizes it is only the supernatural power of God that put him in this position that he finds himself. Then David goes into the archives and he pulls out some of the stuff that he realizes was important in the archives. He realized it was Moses that was given a tremendous opportunity by God and invited him in, into the presence. And when Moses came out of the presence of God, his countenance shone that he had to put a veil over him so that the people will be able to look at him. That's how the presence of God is important for every single one. Moses says, I would never do anything if your presence don't go with me. So David goes down memory lane and he realizes there, there came a time that there was great war between Israel and the Philistines. And news came, Eli was little old and his sons were out on the battlefield. And news came to Eli that the war did not go well. And they began to give him news. Says, well, some of the men got killed. And amongst those casualties are your two sons, Hophni and Phineas. That did not touch him as much as the next statement. And then they told him that we also have news or bad news for you. That the Ark of the Covenant has been captured by the Philistines. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. It represents the strength of the nation. And it was while he heard that, the Bible says that he fell backwards and he died. Because how do I live without the presence of God? His daughter-in-law was pregnant. And news came, and news came to her that the war went bad. Her brother-in-law died. Her husband died, and they also gave news that your father-in-law also passed away. But when she heard that the Ark of the Covenant was captured, the Bible says that she went into labor, and she gave birth, and she named the boy Ichabod. The presence of God has departed. She died in naming the boy Ichabod. David goes through the archives, and he realizes how important the presence of God is. We in the 21st century church, we, we don't want his presence as desperately as others want it. His presence is, 
is something that the 21st century church does not want in their lives. They want stuff, not the presence. They want gimmicks, not the presence. They want us to wind them up, not their own presence and the experience of God. They want a quick fix, not the presence. They want everything, and, and I don't, don't have me wrong. The 21st century church has everything. We are equipped. Digital stuff. I mean, you heard how beautiful the team sings. These are gifted people. We have gifted musicians, gifted singers, talented. We've got all that in the 21st century church. That is what we want because we want them to get us into the presence of God. We don't want to come with our own fire. We want all this to get us into the presence of God. And we have to cultivate it for ourselves. We need to understand that we need a constant awakening of the knowledge of the presence of God. I come out of a church called the AFM. My dad used to be part of it for a long time. I remember one time we got into service and I think the gifted musicians decided to take a gig somewhere. They took a gig somewhere and, and left the church with no musicians. So obviously we came in and there, there was no musicians. And there was an old lady. She took the opportunity to go on to the, it's not what they have now, the Hammond B, the old organ. She went on to the old organ and started playing some. Not gifted as these are, but played. I'm telling you, the presence of God came. The presence of God enveloped the place. God is not talents and all that is good. But you need to hunger for God. You need to have a fresh hunger for the presence of God. You need to hunger for him all the time. It is not just a one night stand with God. No, God doesn't want a one night stand. He wants you. In fact, God wants to tabernacle in you. You are his vessel. He wants residence. That's what God wants. He wants residence. He doesn't want a visitation. A visitation is now here and gone. No, God wants permanent residence. He wants residence. He, he wants to take occupant. Occupancy of you. That's what he wants. And many of us, we don't want that because with that comes responsibility. Because with that, you are now a carrier of what? Of his presence. You are, remember the Lord says, I no more, I'm no more going to be tabernacling in a building. No, we are not looking at that anymore. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God desires to dwell in you. That's what David understood about the presence of God. And when he realized that I'm about to lose this presence, he wrote the psalm fearfully. He says, oh God, whatever you do, take my title from me. Take everything from me, but don't take your presence. Demote me, dethrone me, 
take my new car, take my stuff, take everything, but don't take your presence. Because what David understood, without the presence, he's nothing. What David understood, without the presence, his life is nothing. Because David had first-hand experience of a king that had a position with no presence. David served Saul. And the Bible says that the presence of God left him. David knew how crazy Saul became. Because the presence of God lifted. Saul became a tormented man. He wanted to kill David. The presence lifted. When the presence lifts from an individual, you're as good as dead. That's what David says. Please, whatever you do, don't take your presence from me. That's why Eli said, I'd rather die. Not have the Ark of the Covenant. Not having the presence of God amongst the people. I'm as good as dead. How can I lead the people without the presence? The presence make a difference. We need to ignite a strong hunger for the presence of God. We need to cultivate a stronger hunger for the presence of God. It's the presence of God. There's miracles. There's healings. Everything happens in the presence. When the presence comes into a place, signs and miracles and wonders happens when the presence comes in. There's nothing that the presence can't do for you. We want the stuff, but we don't want his presence. We're asking for everything, but we're not asking for the most important thing. The presence of God. That's what we're looking for. Without the presence, how can we do church? Without the presence, how can we want to engage God? Look what happened to Adam and Eve. The minute they transgressed the laws and the commandments of God, the visitation stopped. The emptiness in their hearts because no presence. I'm asking this 21st century church, the body of Christ, let's develop a stronger hunger for his presence. Let's develop. That's why David says, Lord, whatever you do, do everything, but don't take your presence away. I realized how important it is for a preacher, for somebody that begins to administer the word of God to the people. Without the presence, nothing happens. You empty, you dry. But I've been encouraging our church for the last month or so, been speaking about the presence. Wherever I went, I spoke about the presence. And the manifestation takes place when we talk about the God comes. When he is invited, he comes. When he is wanted, he comes. If you want him in your life, he will come. If you want him in your marriage, he'll come. If you want him in your business, he'll come. That God only comes where he gets invited, where he's wanted. If he's not wanted, he lifts, he's sensitive. The Holy Spirit is sensitive. The Bible says there was about 120 of them. In the upper room. And they received commandment not to leave Jerusalem. 
until they get endued with the power from above. So the instruction was don't leave. Wait on him. It means that cultivate a hunger for him. Cultivate a fresh desire to wanting him. And the Bible says 120 of them in the upper room. The Bible says suddenly something happened. The atmosphere was filled with the presence. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came and sat upon every one of them. Nobody was excluded. 120 males and females. No titles. No titles. The presence of God don't just come for a title. He come for a person that is hungry for him. You might not have a title. You're good enough. He comes for a hungry vessel. An empty vessel. A vessel that wants him. That's what he comes for. And they were up. The presence of God came. Enveloped the place, sat on every one of them, tongues of fire. Every one of them was endued with supernatural power. And the Bible says they ran out because they could not contain it. When you are filled with the presence, it's not for you. You need to go and minister. You are a carrier of the glory of God. And there are people out there that need you, that need the power that you carry. People need your he- need the healing, needs the miracles. You are a carrier. Amen. Don't leave it up to us. You have to take it too. You have to be what? The administer of this presence. Bible says supernatural miracles happen. Incredible miracles happen through the apostles. Because the presence of God was made manifest through them. At one time Paul came and he found, I think it could have been 11 or 12 people that were, they received uh, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And Paul was speaking to them about the Holy Spirit. And they said, man, we don't even know about the Holy Spirit. He says, the people that has ministered Jesus to you only gave you part. He came and gave them the Holy Spirit and they said, well, now you can function. Now you are an empowered believer. You can function. Every believer needs to be empowered. Listen, I, was, I, I buy speakers for the church and something they were telling me, uh, they said there's powered monitors and unpowered. So there's powered Christians and unpowered. Powered and powered. I rather want to be a powered Christian. Empowered Christian. So that's what we need. We need a fresh hunger for his presence. Because this world, with everything that it has to offer, it can't give us what the presence of God can give us. So that was David's outcry. Whatever you do, Lord, don't take your presence away from me. I've seen God in our ministry over these last couple of months and and years. I've seen the Lord do supernatural miracles. One after the other, God has been doing supernatural miracles because we want him. We don't just want the stuff. We want him. And when we want him, he brings the stuff. When you desire him, he brings the stuff. So, They brought me a 
a situation. And you know, pastors are always faced with situations. People bring all these situations and they ask you, how can God do this? People are unemployed. How can God? A lady came and she was facing retrenchment. In fact, came with a letter of retrenchment. How many know when you got a retrenchment letter, it's difficult. How, how are they going to turn it around? But when you come to a church like this, that's filled with the power and the presence of God, and you get to pray over stuff, they will say, man, we made, man, we're we, we sorry, we, we made a mistake. We made a mistake. That's not supposed to be your letter. You cried over spilled milk. That's not, we are so, so sorry that we've given you the wrong. This letter is not meant for you. It is meant for someone else. We will not even tell you. But just give the letter back and make like you did not receive it. Only the power of prayer can do that. Can reverse stuff. As we said this morning, that's all that can. Because the presence of God is so Tangible in this place. Very tangible. People that came in with situations, miracles will happen because of the presence of God that's tangible. There's nothing. You come in with a deaf ear. Do you think that's big for God? Man, a deaf ear. You come with a blind eye, semi-blind. God can't just pop it open. Just like that. Not uh, Listen, I didn't say Pastor Luke. I didn't say Pastor Andrew. Didn't say Pastor Crystal. No, God, through his supernatural presence that's here, can just pop it open. We take no glory. He can just pop it open. That's the miraculous power of God. He can do it. So why do we get intimidated? This year, I was doing so much traveling for the last couple of years. Uh, last year was one of the most challenging ministerial time for me. I was doing back-to-back -back meetings, one country after another. And I remember uh, flying in. I was flying to Europe, and from Europe I went to South America, but I was not feeling well. I had about, I think, back-to-back -back 13 meetings preaching from, and it was a difficult time. It was cold. It wasn't, it wasn't good weather. So I get to my last destination, or my first destination, I'm preaching. And I have an, a, a meeting like this the, the evening. I said to the preacher, I said, I, I'm not coming. I can't come. My voice left me. My body went into spasm. I thought I'm getting an attack so far from home, and I'm going to die so far from home. My family, wow, I just went crazy. The attack hit me. Then obviously with prayer, and I felt a little bit better. Got to Europe, did my meetings, but all that I had on my mind, I needed to get home. So I got home, and when I got home, I didn't get better. I had to go for vocal cord operation. I had to remove what they call Numb nodes or something like that. I, something like that. I had to remove it from my vocal cords because my voice was going and coming and going and coming. And the doctor said, it's called nodules. Yes, nodules. 
that uh, I couldn't speak. They were preaching. He was preaching. Pastor Grant is a good preacher. So he, he was preaching. I was off for two weeks. Couldn't talk. Me and my wife had to SMS and WhatsApp one another. <laughs> I told her I'm not going to the mall. They think I'm crazy. And of course, we have to talk, handling signs and everything. But that wasn't bad. I got through it. The next thing that hit me was an attack on my body. I had to go to a doctor. They tried. They tested me. I was in hospital for one solid day. They had to do tests. They put something on my head like a helmet with all these wires running down. A whole day I had to be in hospital. So I'm in hospital. The doctor comes to me and he tells me, man, there's nothing wrong with you. But I said, I'm feeling this way. He says, I, I can't find anything. You know what I did? I got home. I got home. I told my wife, well, medical science can't help me. Don't give me food for four days. I said, don't give me food for four days. I don't want no food. I don't want no water. I want nothing for four days. She says, but your back and all this, you have to drink water and this. I said, I don't want water. I don't want food. I want to drink nothing for four days. Four days, nothing in his presence. Then the church started fasting for 12 days. I said to them, I'm going to fast for 12 days with no food. If you want to join me, join me. You guys can eat at night, but I'm not eating for 12 days. Didn't eat for 12 days. I at least started drinking something then, but didn't eat for 12 days. I told this demon, I told him, you are illegally attacking my body. I'm a child of the most high God. You are not going to torment. I've got a kingdom assignment. I need to go to the nations of the world. You're trying to stop my ministry. In fact, you're trying to stop the gift that I am to the world. You're trying to stop that. I got out of the fast. It left. Never came back. Just, just left. It just left my body. My blood temperature went up. Everything was just, I thought, my goodness, what's happening to me? I'm not a sickly person. What's going on? But it was a demonic attack. I remember my friend, Evangelist Eden Constance. I was about to do a trip uh, to America. He calls me. He says, man, I need to meet you. I said, okay. He says, I didn't even tell him my own dream. He says, I saw something like, like a demonic power attacking you. I, he says, I saw it. And it jumped on your chest. So I said, okay, I get to meet him. I told him, do you know what? I had exactly the same dream a couple of days ago. I was in my home. Early hours of the morning, I had this demonic attack on my body. I said, you are in the spirit. He says to me, my friend, wherever you're going to go and preach, don't touch people. Don't lay your hands upon them. He said, you see, not that I don't want to lay hands upon people, but why 
If the power, if I, the power can leave my mouth and get to where you are, why do I need to go and touch people? So he says, don't lay hands upon people because I saw a particular lady, someone that you're laying hands on, that this thing tried to jump off on you. I, you know, when my wife, I took, I called her at three o'clock in my hotel room in the morning in New York. Man, I thought it's the end of me. I phoned her, she says, and I video called her. I said, I don't know what's going on. I really don't know what's going on. I called 911. They came out to, to my hotel. They said, there's nothing wrong with you. No blood, everything, you're normal. That's when I said, I need to get home to come and fight this demon. There is some demons that's fighting you. I've come with that message today. That's why the presence of God is so important. There's some demons that are attacking you. There's some demons that's attacking you at home. There's some demons that's attacking you when you are sleeping. There's some demons that's trying to get to you, trying to make you go crazy. Demons that are sent. They are sent to come and attack and inflict your body. There are people that are getting sick. They don't even know what's wrong with them. There are people that, man, they're in hospital. They don't know what's wrong. My sister told me this. She's a nurse. This, I, she's a nurse. She says two weeks ago, the doctors were shocked. I said, what happened? Tell me, my sister. She says there was a patient that needed to go under operation. This is a Stradom or Helen Joseph. The lady had to go under operation. She says, this is a true story. She says the lady ran away from her ward. And she went, there's some pastors that come and have lunch hour service in a little area. She ran there before the doctor took her. And she says, I'm just going for some prayer. Very quickly they prayed for her. She said, but when she got in, the atmosphere was, man, it was so powerful in there. The preachers prayed for her and left her. This is a miracle. The doctors come to take her. <laughs> She's laying on her bed, speaking in tongues. The doctors are coming to take her. They can't reach her. All around her is fire. That's all. Just fire around the lady. As the doctors want to touch fire, she's not burning, it's burning around. In fact, they could feel it, literal fire. My sister said the doctor ran and asked her, where do you come from? Since I was at church, they prayed for me there in level. The doctor ran to go and see who prayed for her. Says, what did you do to the lady? Says, we just prayed for her. We said, we can't even prepare this lady to take her to theater. Because there's fire around her. I guarantee you, that lady got her miracle. That's what happens with the power of prayer. Fire. There are demons that's been sent against you. And you don't want 
to ignite a fresh hunger for the presence of God. The things that's going to hit us, we will never be able to fight it on our own strength. I've come for that lady that the Lord told me. I know the other one, she's here. No, but I've come for a lady. I've come for a lady that is restless. She's restless from 11 when she goes to bed till early hours of the morning. This lady wakes up and she's more tired than anything. In fact, this lady is afraid to sleep. These attacks has been happening to her. If I see in the realm of the spirit, it is nothing less than three months. She's been inflicted upon her body. And the next thing that the devil is looking for, he's looking to kill her. But in this presence today, I want that lady, you are, she, in fact, that lady is not watching me. She's here. Where is she? You? You too? I was, listen to me. You're going to go free now. I was out. I was doing a, a service in, it was in Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. I was doing a service and it was two services, morning and evening. We were two preachers. We were just preaching back to back. When it was my turn, I said, there's a young girl, I think she was 18 or 19, wasn't in church. I said, I said to the parents that were in church or the people that were there, I said, this girl is being attacked in her mind. Sometimes she's good, sometimes she's not good. I said, bring her to the service tonight. They brought her. They said, Pastor, here's the young girl that you spoke about. She came to the front. I was standing, I was standing on the stage and she came, they brought her to me. They brought the lady to the front, the young girl. I looked at her. I said, I'm not going to pray for you. I looked at her and I could see the demonic powers. The pastor got a shock because she started just going crazy. I said, don't touch her. The power of God is going to deliver her. The power came, knocked her down, set her free. That's what God can do. Is there anything too hard for God? Nothing. Nothing. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.